Welcome to a special edition of the Experience Starting Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'm excited to share my recent conversation with Senior Assistant Dean of Admissions, Donna Clark. Donna recently joined us on the podcast to share her tips and advice for full-time MBA applicants targeting the round one deadline coming up on October 4th. If you are a round one applicant, this episode is essential listening. So without further ado, here's my interview with Donna Clark. Donna, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Brad. Great to see you this morning. Thanks so much for having me. Well, it's great to have you here. What an exciting time. At Darden, classes are underway. Uh, we're working through the early action round for the full-time program. We've just had an executive MBA deadline. September, we're looking ahead to another executive MBA, part-time MBA deadline, October 1. Golly, so much is happening uh, here all the time, seemingly. I know it's it's exciting and you know our team really you know I think gets involved in this career because we get so much fulfillment from reading students stories in the application process and meeting them and interviews are in full force and recruiting is on full force out up so I think uh, it's it's just an exciting time for us too as we get to engage with these fantastic prospective students across all of our formats. I'm glad you mentioned recruiting because we are getting back out there on the road. I mean, we've been we've been on the road for a few months now, but it's been fun to see pictures that our colleagues are sending back from some of the receptions uh, that are happening in places around around the country. Uh, lots of great opportunities for prospective students to meet uh, members of our team and Dartmouth alumni as well. Absolutely, it feels really good. I think we all acclimated to COVID and not recruiting, and with reengaging with students out on the road, are reminded of what we've been. Missing. We're doing a lot of receptions um, around the world this year, uh, virtual opportunities as well, hybrid opportunities. So it feels really good to have a more normal recruiting schedule um, underway. I love it. Yeah, you're right. During the COVID period, everything transitioned to virtual and webinars and we were online and we still do all of that. But it is nice to be out there meeting people where they are, connecting with them, sharing with them a little bit more about DART. You have some exciting travel upcoming. Uh, you're heading to India in the not too distant future, I believe. I do. I have India in early November. This will be the third time I've gone to India, and I love India. For people who haven't gone yet, highly recommend it. Just love the the people, the culture, the, um, just the soulfulness, the yoga, the food. I mean, I just, I'm really excited to go. We have quite a few students at Darden now um, from India. Um, as well as, you know, uh, 35 other countries. We just had the International Food Festival this past weekend, which is one of my favorite annual events at Darden. It's basically sort of a competition of uh, students who make food from their native country and often wear costumes from their native country. And we have the opportunity to go around and and try it and such a such a great event. But yes, looking forward to India. And then I'm going to Africa in January, and that will be my first trip to Africa. So very much looking forward to that. We have a growing number of students applying from Africa to Darden. So it'll be exciting to go and meet them there and learn more about those countries and cultures as well. Well, it's great to hear about all these exciting trips and the places that you're going to go. Uh, we have this podcast conversation really because we have a round one deadline that's coming up here for our full-time MBA program. 
Uh, that deadline is October 4, so it'll be here uh, before you know it. And I just thought it'd be fun to check in, talk a little bit more about tips, advice, something that you would encourage the applicants who are working hard on those round one applications to keep in mind as they assemble and finalize their materials. So top of mind, you know, when you think about someone working on a round one application, life's really busy, they got a lot of things going on. What would you encourage them to keep in mind as, as they work on their application? Berg, thanks so much for asking that question. I'm going to kind of take it way up 360 degrees. And first of all, say congratulations to the prospective students who are in the process of the journey of looking for the MBA program that is right for them. Having worked at Darden twice for 21 years, I can't overemphasize what great investment this is in yourself. And so what an exciting time. So many Darden alumni uh, tell us, Brett, I'm sure you've heard this too, that Darden were two of the best years of their life. And so I'm excited for the prospective students who, who may end up matriculating here and having an experience that at some point in your life, you may refer to as two of the best in your life. It's that it's that impactful. But I would just say um, Darden is very intentional about bu building skills, relevant skills. Um, we are case method school and the case method gives people an opportunity to really hone strong decision making skills, to hone your communication skills. We're very focused on teamwork and collaboration. Those are two hallmarks of Darden. The first year core curriculum develops so many skills in operations and finance and marketing and ethics and um, global global economics. You're going to get a lot of functional skills at Darden, but the fact that we're a case method school is going to expose you to almost 70 different industries. Um, most students do about 500 cases at Darden. And so um, we're very, very proud of how intentional Darden is about the skills that are going to help you progress in your career. And um, it is a great investment in yourself. So as you're finishing your applications or considering applying, I would encourage you to think about an investment that you are making in yourself. The other piece of advice I would give, again, kind of, you know, not getting into maybe the nitty gritty of elements of the application, but a way to frame the application process is that prospective students, you have been working on this application for years. The application is just an opportunity to document and prioritize what you're most proud of. But you've been working on this accomplishment for years. So for example, prospective students have been um, working hard at establishing their careers. They've been working hard at establishing meaningful relationships with recommenders who are going to advocate on your behalf. Um, you probably worked really hard to get into your undergraduate institutions and uh, to optimize your undergraduate um, educational opportunity. Many of you have been leaders at the undergraduate level or in your community or have taken on initiatives at work that go well beyond your, your job opportunities. Many of you have been working on cultivating your interpersonal skills and communication skills. So just keep in mind that you've been working for years and making a compelling application shine. Different people shine for different reasons. Um, I could I can elaborate that you know a little bit later, but just remember most of the hard work is behind you. The application 
relative to all the work you've already put into it. It's just an opportunity to document it. Many of you probably have so much going for you that it's it's it, the, 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 the difficulty may be prioritizing what you most want to convey in your application. And I would encourage you to be as authentic as possible. Those are just the best applications. But um, just wanted to reframe it that, that it's not as though the application is a chance to, you know, you start the application. You've been working on it for years. And um, our team is so people-oriented and I love to talk to members of my team about the extent to which they love reading your stories, inter you know, interviewing you, interacting with you at all these events, whether it's virtual or in person or on the road or at Darden or in Roslyn. So know that your application is landing on eyes and ears of people who really get a lot of joy in getting to know you through the application process. So we, we're looking forward to reading them this season, and which is just, as you said, Brett, just kicking off. I appreciate that point. You know, a lot of the, the challenge, as you mentioned in the application process, is thinking about what do you absolutely want to make sure you convey through your application what do you want the admissions committee to learn about you? Thinking about those priorities, though uh, that's that's really important work. And but I, I love your point about so much of this is already behind you. Things that you've already accomplished, you're just documenting at, at this point. Um, where do you see the barriers for people when you talk to folks who are working on an application, say for for round one? Now you've been working with prospective students uh, for a while um, now, and you probably heard any number of things that people will cite uh, when they say, "Oh gosh." I'm not sure I'm going to be able to get the application done uh, for this reason or, or that reason. Uh, any any come to mind? Yeah, I guess I'll, I'll go with a couple common ones I hear. I think one of them is the barrier of standardized tests. I think that that is as a big barrier for, for many applicants. There are a lot of applicants who we feel um, would be superlative leaders but maybe their test score is not um, reflective of all the characteristics they have. So I wouldn't mind you know, saying a few words about our test flexibility and test waiver. Um, having been in the industry for a really long time and we have a seasoned staff, I think we all feel that we don't, we don't wanna lose great business leaders who have so much to offer and would do very well academically, but whose scores or challenges with the standardized tests may not be reflective of their true ability. So we we, we accept a variety of, of, of standardized tests. So there's the GMAT, the new GMAT focus, the, 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 the former GRE, the new GRE, the executive assessment. For those of you who may have taken the LSAT or the MCAT in the past, we'll accept those. And we have a test waiver process. I only recommend the test waiver for candidates who really do have what we call compelling alternative evidence that you can do well at Darden. But I'm very, very proud of the progressive approach our team has taken with regard to standardized tests. So that, that can be a barrier, and hopefully that's a little reassuring um, that there, there's some flexibility with the choices and, and an opportunity to apply for a waiver. Um, I think that imposter syndrome is much more common than most of us think. I think it's very common um, for people who are going through a selective process to experience some imposter syndrome. Um, it, 
I think that one of the most useful exercises a prospective student could do is just to sit down, spend some time with a piece of paper and just ask yourself, what is it about myself that I am most proud of that is most relevant to apply to business school that I can contribute? And it could be, um, it does not have to be that you cured cancer. It does not have to be grandiose. It could be um, something that may seem to you to be mundane, but would be a huge contributor. So I'm going to give you two examples of something that may may seem more mundane, but they really stood out to me. Um, these are two essays that two different applicants wrote that referred to the role that they played in their grandparents' lives. So one example was um, of a woman who pre-COVID, well, during COVID, wrote an essay about how her sort of identity is very much wrapped around being helpful to other people. And she used an example of the extent to which she, the lengths she went through to help her elderly grandmother learn technology so that her grandmother would not be isolated during COVID. And it was a very palpable example of here's somebody who demonstrated this compelling story about her helpfulness and helpfulness, having people in the Darden community who are highly collaborative and helpful is a good thing. This is this is a person's very you know, authentic, uh, palpable part of their personality that they wanted to go through. I read an essay yesterday about um, a, a granddaughter who put a lot of time and energy into helping her grandmother accomplish her grandmother's goal of seeing all 50 states. She was close to it and her granddaughter figured out a way to ma maintain her profession and help her grandmother reach this goal. And then she made a compelling case for, you know, why that's relevant to the kind of leader and team team that she's going to be. So when you're going through this process, I would just ask yourself, what am I authentically really proud of about myself? my characteristics. It could be an accomplishment. It could be an educational accomplishment. It could be something professional, but it also can just be who you are um, that you're proud of and, and how you're going to shine as a leader and team player um, at Darden. So I think that that kind of exercise where you have to, you have to write what you're proud of. It could be just put it down on paper um, we really, really like reading these stories. There's an essay question in which um, the prompt is, tell us something, you know, about something that may not be evident on your resume that you would like the community to know. And I get such joy reading those. And I think they're best when they're really authentic. So that is a way to combat, um, I think, doubts that one has is just to get in tune with how much you have to offer. Um, and I, I find stories and anecdotes to be really compelling in the process. Um, it's easier to remember the story about a candidate um, referring to how helpful they, they, they tend to be. Um, I read another um, introduction the other day about someone who is a real connector relationship builder and hosts monthly dinner parties for, for people, both both friends and acquaintances, as a way of connecting people over food. She had a passion for food, but a real passion for forging, building, and maintaining new relationships and connecting people with each other. 
Um, so my point is, it does not have to be grandiose. It can be just something that is very authentic to who you are that would contribute to the Darden community. Yeah, I find when I talk with applicants, it oftentimes feels like they're comparing themselves against some idealized candidate out there that they assume that everybody applying to business school has a particular background from an academic standpoint, from a work standpoint. They've done all these things. And it's that comparison that seems to cause people a lot of, a lot of stress. I think you're right. I think you're right. And I love the phrase, different people shine for different reasons. We are not looking for a cookie cutter um, applicant who checks 10 boxes. I think there are a couple of themes that we like to see. And I think strong communication and interpersonal skills, emotional intelligence are really important to success as business leaders and at Darden. So I think that those are some common themes. Um, it's why we place a lot of emphasis on the interview. It's harder to assess communication skills and emotional intelligence and um, interpersonal skills on the basis of a written application. But certainly your recommendations can um, note note those skills. Those I think those are really important to succeed at Darden and in business. But other than that, I think you're right, Brett. Um, there, there is not a... Uh, you know, a standard, this, this is what, this is a list of the 10 things we're looking for. I mean, I think society, I think education is, has become so much more in tune with the value of, of having diversity on a lot of different levels, including where people come from geographically, the industries they come from, uh, their various identities. And so, oh my gosh, it's such a joy to read these applications and see how, People shine for different reasons. So just be authentic to yourself. Um, and that's, it sounds, it, 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 may, it may sound kind of superficial, but I really do think that the best applicants are the ones where you feel like, oh, wow, I really kind of got to know this person um, through reading this application. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I, I think the reason, the reason why I mentioned this sort of imagined idealized candidate is because sometimes when people navigate the application process, they feel like they have to present in that way of how a typical MBA candidate would be. And this is something they've obviously have come up with in their their mind. And we've had some folks come on the podcast and say, look, I did that the first time I applied to business school. I tried to project out in a way that I thought the admissions committee wanted to hear from me and it didn't work. And then I went back through the application process again and found that when I was my real self, when I put it all out there, told my story, I was authentically me. That was the difference. And yep. I, I just think it's worth underscoring because I think it's it's people kind of, to your point about imposter syndrome, feeling like, oh man, you know, I don't have this particular background. I haven't done this, that, and the other thing. People feel, you know, uh, maybe a little bit uh, nervous about that, but that's the richness of the class, having so many people from so many different kinds of backgrounds, perspectives. You think about case method learning experience, that's what's really going to make those conversations super interesting. Absolutely. And so engaging. I think that's one thing that surprises a lot of people is how engaging those conversations are that you're, you read a case individually, you get together with your learning teams, you have a little heightened understanding of the case, and then you go and discuss it with your learning team. And I think those conversations can be so engaging. Like, what would I do if I were in the position of this protagonist? And so interesting to hear what other people's viewpoints are, because there are inevitably times when you you say, oh, my gosh, I didn't even think about that. 
And then, you know, there's so much benefit to having people who have different frameworks when they come in to, to make contributions. Well, let's also talk about time, because I think candidates oftentimes, okay, we've got this round one deadline coming up in early October, as noted on October 4th. We're recording this here on, you know, September 21st. And so folks may be hearing this podcast thinking, I don't know if I have time to finish this application uh, by by the round one deadline. What do you say to folks who who say uh, this to you, or like not sure that they can make time or find the time necessary to finish the application? Well, I would say, I mean, we intentionally shifted a few years ago um, to what we call short answer questions. We ask multiple short answer questions, and that's intentional. It's intended to get to know different um, aspects of your background. And short answer questions sounds a little bit less daunting, you know, than essays. They do have a word limit. Um, let's just assume you've gotten through the barrier of the standardized test. You've gathered your transcript, your recommendations are on track to be submitted. And the only thing that a candidate is working on is the actual application and the short answer essays. A lot of people say on the other side, they were actually kind of fun. It, it forces you to be self-reflective. Um, and I think that the application also forces you to get in tune with what you do have to offer. You know, what do you want the community to know that's not on your resume? I love reading, um, you know, those those questions and just you know, take, going through the process of that exercise of before you even start the application. What am I proud of? And there may be multiple things, and you have to kind of call it down a little bit. And what are maybe some? What's a little vignette or story that I can share? to illuminate that, I actually think the application itself is pretty accessible. Again, I think that I like to remind people and maybe as in an attempt to give you a little pep talk, you've been working on this application for years. Um, and so the application is just documenting it and try to have fun with the essays and try to get in tune with all you have to offer and let us know. We'd love reading them and um, just, you know, go for it. If, if for some reason somebody is really pressed for time and, um, you know, I do think it's best to apply, you know, you, you may want to consider applying in, you know, round two if you're really legitimately pressed for time. But if it's more of a block, you know, um, that's holding you back, um, just remember that most of the hard work is behind you. Well, Donna. Just curious, I mean, so candidates listening to this, wondering how they might be able to learn a little bit more about Darden, maybe they have last minute questions. What would you what would you say for them in terms of next steps? Well, um, I would say, you know, monitor our, our website and there are so many ways to connect with us. And we do have one on one opportunities for people who may have very, you know, specific questions um, about how to go about completing your application. We, we do have opportunities for you to connect one-on-one -on -one with an admissions officer if there's something that you want to talk through. And I think, um, please feel free to take advantage uh, of that if there's something holding you back or some guidance that would be helpful to you. But so many opportunities ranging from, oh my gosh, virtual coffee uh, chats. We're gonna be all around the country this fall. Um, 
opportunities to come and visit on grounds. There's a women's symposium and a diversity conference coming up. So like, look at the multitude of ways to, to connect with us. Um, Brett has a very popular podcast. I have a video blog that has lots of tips on navigating the application process. Both of those resources may be helpful to you. And then again, feel free to connect with us one-on-one. -on -one. And, uh, you know, good, very good, wishing you the very best, best of luck uh, as, as you all complete your application. I'm very much looking forward to reviewing them. Yeah, we're here to support folks. I, I think our, our team has always taken this kind of high touch approach in a lot of different directions. Uh, we also typically will have a webinar prior to the deadline where you can come and ask ask questions um, as well. I think at this point it's called uh, "Don't worry, you've got this." Essentially, <laughs> essentially, um, and, and that is you know that is the thing I think hopefully that people are also taking away from this conversation is that as Donna mentioned. Your works, all the hard work is behind you. Now you're just trying to tell your story, think about how the application will allow you to do that. And Donna, one of the things I think is also important for candidates to know is the application process is still part of the evaluation process for you in terms of the schools that you're considering. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes candidates feel like they have to have their mind made up about a school before they press submit on the application. And I think it's hard to hard to kind of be at that place. You have to kind of go through this process to kind of see how the application process goes. Your interview is going to be an important touch point for you. I think typically for most candidates, like it is still very much part of the research and evaluation process. Absolutely. And from the time a person gains admission to Darden until they have to make a decision, um, we had last year almost 30 opportunities to engage with us. So there will be more opportunities that I think all schools will provide to, to continue your research and making, you know, optimizing that you attend the school that is, is you know, the best fit for you. But yes, lots of opportunities to come um, in the months and weeks ahead. Well, Donna, thank you so much for your time today. As, as always, it's uh, great talking with you and to our applicants working on a round one full-time MBA application. Best of luck. We look forward to reading your applications. Thanks so much, Brett. It's always great to do a podcast with you and everybody check out his other podcasts. There's hundreds of them. Good luck. That was my interview with Donna Clark, Senior Assistant Dean of Admissions here at the Darden School of Business. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. You can reach at Darden, that's D-A-R-D-E-N, at virginia.edu. Till next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening.